Welcome to Coffee and Jesus. I'm your host, Jael Penn, coming to you from the great state of Texas. Today I want to talk to you about spiritual maturity. And my kids would always laugh at me. They would say that I would say that word wrong, but you actually can pronounce it maturity or maturity. So wherever you're from, whichever way it works for you, it's good with me. That word means to come into full growth into adulthood and my favorite definition of that is the ability to respond to the environment in an appropriate manner it also means to be aware of the correct time and location to behave and knowing when to act according to the circumstances and the culture of the society that one lives in my culture is God's culture. It is the Christian culture. That's the culture that I live in. Now, I embrace with the love of Christ everyone in the world's culture because they are my brothers and sisters in Christ and most of them just don't even realize it yet they haven't figured out their identity and they haven't asked the Lord into their heart but I still love them even though we're not on the same page so to to speak that's a sign of spiritual maturity realizing that I'm not above them and that Jesus doesn't love them any more or less than he loves me And so I shouldn't treat anyone as if Jesus loves them less. Let's start by looking at Philippians 2, starting at verse 5, and I'm going to read to you from the Passion Translation. And consider the example that Jesus, the Anointed One, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God exalted him, and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name. In the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God his father again that was Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11 from the passion translation Jesus being God became human emptied himself of himself and allowed God to do whatever he wanted to do through him to the point of death for you and me We have to empty ourselves so the Holy Spirit can fill us. We have to grow down 
We have to grow deep in order to grow up. I hope you caught that. That's an important key to becoming spiritually mature. Another key is to remain unshaken in your faith during trials and temptations and challenges in life. Like Job. Satan just knew that Job would crumble and curse God. And yet he never did when everything was taken away from him. Because he knew who God was and he knew who he was with respect to God. Let's go to Colossians. We're going to go to chapter 3. Again, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. Beginning at verse 18 all the way to 21. Let every wife be supportive and tenderly devoted to her husband, for this is a beautiful illustration of our devotion to Christ. Let every husband be filled with cherishing love for his wife and never be insensitive toward her. Let the children respect and pay attention to their parents in everything, for this pleases our Lord Jesus. And fathers, don't have unrealistic expectations for your children, or else they may become discouraged. So let's go back to verse 18. I know some of you ladies don't want to hear this, but the husband is the head of the household. This is the order that God created. And so we are to be supportive, and it said tenderly devoted. Because this is an illustration, or basically an analogy, of our devotion to Christ. Then it goes on to say that husbands should be loving and sensitive toward their wives. Now, husbands and wives, we know how to push each other's buttons. And yet we shouldn't do that. That's not being loving. Children are supposed to honor their parents and listen to them and pay attention. And I love this last verse that says that the fathers should not put unrealistic expectations on their children or they will become discouraged. It's so true that we see our Heavenly Father in a similar way to the way we view our earthly father. So if our biological father is harsh, abusive, condescending, judgmental, doesn't love us unless we do exactly what he says and we perform exactly the way they want us to perform, that's the way many of us view God. That he's mean. That he wants a performance from us of perfection, which is impossible. And so we see God as this harsh taskmaster. So it's very important, those of you who are parents, to be mature in how you deal with your children. They are children. They're going to make mistakes. Are you going to be loving in your discipline or just mad and seeking revenge because they, let's say, embarrassed you? Or embarrass the family. So just think about that. Now, if you are spiritually mature, you will have an evangelist heart. 
you will want people to be saved. Does that mean you have the gift of evangelism? No. But I believe every believer should want other people to be saved as well. You will be in love with scripture, the word of God. You will read the word of God whenever you can. You will go to the word of God for guidance. Guidance, excuse me. You will watch sermons, listen to sermons, listen to podcasts of sermons. Let's go to 2 Timothy 3, starting at verse 10, all the way to verse 17. But you, Timothy, have closely followed my example and the truth that I've imparted to you. You have modeled your life after the love and endurance I've demonstrated in my ministry by not giving up. The faith I have, you now have. What I have hungered for in life has now become your longing as well. The patience I have with others you now demonstrate, and the same persecutions and difficulties I have endured, you also have endured. Yes, you know all about what I had to suffer. While in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, you are aware of all the persecution I endured there, yet the Lord delivered me from every single one of them. For all who choose to live godly as worshipers of Jesus, the anointed one will also experience persecution. But the evil men and sorcerers will progress from bad to worse, deceived and deceiving as they lead people further from the truth. Yet you must continue to advance in strength with the truth wrapped around your heart, being assured by God that he's the one who has truly taught you all these things. Remember what you were taught from your childhood, from the Holy Scrolls, which can impart to you wisdom to experience everlasting life through the faith of Jesus, the Anointed One. Every scripture has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. That is a beautiful set of verses encouraging you to continue to be faithful and prayerful during your struggles, to be patient with one another and with yourselves, and to remember that Jesus himself was persecuted, so you will be too. And yet, you will have life everlasting upon the Lord's return, and that as his servant, you are prepared to fulfill whatever assignment he gives you because you are going to be led by the Holy Spirit. There's so much that could be said about spiritual maturity. Another key is letting go of things that you need to let go. You have the ability to do that. You have the willingness to do that. You have the drive to do that. You want only what God wants for you. And anything that's not from him, you don't want to have anything to do with it. You have the ability and the willingness and the longing to pray, even when you don't feel like it. That's another sign of spiritual maturity. You have a spiritual mind. You want to think about the things that are holy, that are of God. Let's look at Colossians 3 verses 1 through 4. 
Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away with God in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in glory. I love that part about the distractions of the natural realm. That's the enemy. He wants to distract you with your prodigal kids, with your crazy boss that you're trying to get away from, with the man or woman that you're attracted to at work that you shouldn't be flirting with, with the possibility of being laid off and now you're just focused on finances. He wants to distract you with all of this stuff. Don't let him do it. You know that's one of his tactics. Stay on the path. Stay on the road. As that commercial says, stay in your lane, bro. I love that commercial. It's hilarious. You want to desire spiritual maturity. You want to grow. You want more of God. And so you seek him with reckless abandon. A spiritually mature Christian is positive under pressure. You don't revert back to your old ways and start cursing everybody out and beating everybody up and giving up. You remain positive because you know that God will work everything out for your good and you will be victorious no matter what. You are sensitive to the needs of other people. You begin to have more discernment. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. He tells you who to help, when to help, how to help. You are a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. You want things to be resolved God's way. You practice the art of patience. I'm still working on that. Y'all pray for me. I'm a work in progress. It's not easy for me. I'll be honest. But you, you try to be patient. And, you know, I have to remind myself, oh, God is so patient with me. I have to be patient with myself. I have to be patient with other people. You remain prayerful. You pray about everything. You have character. And D.L. Moody says that character is who you are in the dark. Recognition is what people say about you. And character is what God knows about you. God says that it's your character that determines who you are. So our goal as Christians should be to become more spiritual as adults and that's, that's a process, just like you maturing physically, growing was a process, so is spiritual maturity. It takes time, it's not a single event, it is a journey, it is a process. Attaining spiritual maturity is the process of God training us to consistently live, viewing life from His perspective, rather than the perspective of our flesh. Now that's a whole sermon by itself. You being able to see things through the lens of the Bible rather than the lens of your five senses. Ooh, I just felt something right there. Did you catch that? Maturity means that you're 
overlooking some things, not reacting to some things, because you are no longer seen with the natural eyes of a man or a woman. You are seen and feeling and loving through the eyes of Christ, through the heart of Christ. God wants us to get us to a place of maturity. And in order for us to do that, we've got to surround ourselves with people who can be our spiritual mentors, spiritual mamas and daddies. Be careful with that. You need to pray about who that is because people will use you and abuse you. There is such a thing as spiritual abuse. So you must pray about that. As I said before, becoming a mature believer takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. It's just like physically. A baby doesn't start running. They crawl. They sit up. They learn to jump. They learn to walk. They learn to run. It is a process. It is possible for you to grow, especially if you have a desire to grow. If you you really want to grow, then you will do everything you can. You will take Bible study classes. You'll do research on your own. You will attend conferences. You will have one-on-one pastoral counseling or coaching sessions with someone from your church. You will have that secret place, quiet time with the Holy Spirit where you are ministered to and fed, where you can hear him clearly giving you direction for your life, telling you what you need to get rid of, telling you who you need to delete from Facebook, telling you if you need to be on Facebook at all. There's nothing wrong with Facebook. Don't get me wrong. I use it as a ministry tool. But some of you are addicted to Facebook and it's become an idol. God is a jealous God. And anything that you put before him where you spend more time with that thing or that person than with him needs to be removed. We don't need to have unnecessary strongholds. There are some generational things that we may have to work through, but some things we put on ourselves and that's immaturity. And right now we're talking about spiritual maturity. So at the end of this podcast, I pray that you pray over yourself, that God shows you the areas that you need to improve. And, you know, I'm going to pray this over myself as well, because we are all a work in progress. If you think you've arrived, you're dealing with pride because you will never arrive. You will never be just like God, just like Jesus, perfect in every way. That's not going to happen. We can strive for that, but we will never be perfect. We are sinners. We are all sinners. We all fall fall short of the glory of God, and that's why Jesus died for us. So let's be cognizant, aware of our own weaknesses. Let's just be transparent with those and talk to people and say, hey, if you see me strain in this area, help me get back on track. It's really important for you to be honest with yourself and with other people. That's key. I hope you learned something new today about spiritual maturity. And before we leave, just let me say a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time with anyone who is listening to this podcast, Lord. I pray over your sons and your daughters that they will grow and mature as men and women of God. Lord, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Help them to seek the things that you want us to see 
and do and be a part of. I pray that you remove every obstacle, every temptation, every spirit that is not from you, Lord, and that does not honor you and glorify your name. Help us to remember, Lord, that we are your sons and your daughters. That we want to be like you. We want to look like you. We want to love like you. Help us to serve and remain humble. Remove any and everything in our lives that would cause us to have spiritual pride. Thank you, Father God, for being so merciful, so kind, so loving, so gracious. We appreciate, Lord, the people that you put in our lives to keep us in check. And even though it might tick us off sometimes and we might get mad and we're like, oh, I wish they would just go away. We thank you, Lord, that you are chastising us in a loving, fatherly way. We are nothing without you, Lord, and we're everything with you. And so we honor you today, Lord, and we pray that you continue to bless, protect us, and help us grow. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for joining me today on Coffee and Jesus. And remember that Jesus loves you, and so do I. Be blessed.